0: Hey guys, welcome to uh, the Acre Podcast. Today we have uh, a show that we're going to do from time to time where we get in uh, various leadership from Fellowship Memphis to talk about Uh, things that are kind of unique to Fellowship Memphis. So today we are going to bring in, as a repeat guest, John Bryson, the lead pastor of Fellowship Memphis, uh, to talk to us a little bit about uh, some of the things that are still happening with our Engage series, but also uh, to talk to us about how Christians can party better. And I think we could all use a little bit of lesson in that. So uh, without further ado, give it up for John Bryson. All right, well, John Bryson, welcome back. Glad to be here. You are the first recurring guest on the Acre Podcast. Uh, I would never have thought it would have been you. All my life goals. (laughs) That's right. Uh, But seriously, thank you for taking the time to uh, talk to us a little bit. We are three, four weeks into the Engage series um, where we're talking about... uh, the mutual fund of goodness, yeah. right? That we talked about on the first ever episode yeah. of Acre. Um, and so I know that this Sunday we're talking a lot about the residency portion of that. Yes. So why don't you just fill me in on what that is? Uh, I know sort of, but uh, probably a lot of things I don't know.
1: All right. Well, the genesis of it probably goes way back for me, my first years of college ministry in Denton, Texas. And I was watching a bunch of 20-somethings, young guys and gals, uh, interested in vocational ministry, having to choose between do I go on staff right now with Campus Crusade, Young Life, some ministry, or do I go to seminary and get an education? And I hated that choice for them because they needed both, so one would have a three-, four-, five-year run, be in their mid-20s, late-20s with some experience but no education to help them next. Uh, The other would go get a bunch of education but graduate with no experience. And so uh, I um, began, cast a vision for our church then to help the seminary students pay their seminary so they wouldn't graduate with debt they would work that off getting experience with me in our college ministry while getting a good education at one of the seminaries in DFW. And so that just worked really well. And so when we came to plant the church 11 years later, after having experienced that, um, I just saw the power in that, the redemptive possibility in that. And so we chose early on, I felt like God was putting on our heart not just to plant a church, though that's extremely difficult, and there's a lot to that, but we uh, kind of took on this moniker that we wanted to not just see a church get established, but a teaching church, and that's pretty easy for a lot of Memphians to get because, I don't know, there's 9, 10, 11 hospital systems in Memphis. Uh, all of them, I'm sure, have as some part of their mission statement, the health and well-being of their patients. Uh, There's four or five that add a comma there and put, yeah, we want the health and well-being of our patients, but we're also committed to training the next generation of healthcare providers. And so Mm -hmm. one of my kids had a little heart condition, not a little heart condition, Heart condition is a big heart condition. So had a heart condition, we'd go see a pediatric cardiologist uh, down at Le which happens to be one of those teaching hospitals. And so we wouldn't just go see Dr. Wetzel. We saw Dr. Wetzel and five or six other 20-somethings in white coats watching him care for our daughter and talk Mm -hmm. to us. And so they were – it's a teaching hospital. They're teaching the next generation of healthcare providers. And so I like to talk about Fellowship Memphis being a teaching church, that we want to be a part of the solution of preparing and nurturing and growing – the next generation of uh, vocational ministry leaders and leaders in general. Uh, We want to pour into them. We want them to have experiences. And so, yes, our residency program was birthed out of that passion, that how can we create some space for mostly 20-somethings, though we've had older folks do it, uh, who are interested in vocational ministry, uh, not sure if they even are, if they want to plant a church or pastor or not. Uh, They can kind of work that out with us over a one to three-year period while getting a education, graduate degree, uh, and picking up experiences, real-life experiences with us. And so it's been cool to see, looking back in 13 years, the 50 or 60 folks who have graduated that, what they're doing now. It's been awesome. One of the best things, one of the best decisions we made was to make that kind of investment.
0: Yeah. Because I know it's, it's not gender-specific. It's men and women come through. Yep. Uh, some people go the pastoral route. Some people go counseling route. Yep. Um, some people... Start city leadership. with Choose nine hundred one. Right. Yeah, and end up John, doing other things. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. What? Uh, so, John Carroll. Full disclosure: my brother-in-law was he your first resident?
1: He, he, and Ricky Jenkins and okay. uh, Brian McCurry were all of them were Ricky Jenkins first, first ones. Yeah, okay. Ricky came a little later, but uh, yeah, part
0: of the first, first crew. Wow, well, uh, guinea pigs. Yeah. So, what is a? Uh, what's the typical? Uh, we, they are you including them in meetings that you're in part of yes. just to kind of give them exposure to yeah, them? they
1: function fully as life of our staff they also there will be a fly on the wall in some elder meetings and some other meetings that they wouldn't wouldn't be normally part of their rhythm but they're up here on our staff retreat in our staff meetings serving on our outpost teams they're as involved as we can possibly get them
0: yeah so this is post college yes yes okay so graduate college and then you take a what's the commitment time
1: it's rolling one-year commitments and so we at the end of each year we ask Ask, hey are you still do we feel like you're still growing here you're able to say yeah I want to be here for another year and so it's it's rolling one year commitments up to three years and engage giving to engage Memphis helps make that possible because it pays for their formal education and their informal education so if there's a key conference or uh, uh, something they uh, we, we want them to go experience that we're able to provide that for them
0: that's cool so the, the engage funds helps them to the learning aspect, but do they raise their funds? They do, yeah.
1: And it overlaps a little bit with operations, so we give them each a stipend. Single gets a certain amount. Married guy gets a certain amount. Uh, Gal gets a certain amount. And if you have kids, and then they raise above that what they need to live.
0: Okay. All right, well, Well, thank you for taking the time to tell us about the residency.
1: Well, thank you for letting me talk about it, and thank you, Fellowship Memphis, for your gifts to engage Memphis and that fund that makes this possible. Yeah.
0: Okay, another thing that's coming up is summer. Yeah. Right. So um, there's a big thing happening this Sunday, yeah. right, at the church and uh, the FM shirt, FM summer shirt giveaway. Now, yeah. that isn't just we give away a shirt just because it's fun. There's yeah. actually a lot of intentionality behind it. So fill us in on that and. The theology of uh, rejoicing and yeah. celebration at well, fellowship. I
1: just found myself in this conversation over the last couple of weeks. We were just all together at the Levitt Shell last Sunday, um, celebrating as a church with food trucks and meals. And that's a significant investment for a church that will draw a couple thousand people to something like that. Um, and so I think that all of that is birthed out of something bigger, which I would just call a theology of parties and a theology of meals. That One of the things that struck me when I started reading the Bible with some intentionality and actually studying it was, uh, if you want to go Old Testament, man, God would often command the Israelites to go Blow home it out. and throw big parties. That's right. That's right yeah, and <laughs> celebrate. And when the children of Israel went through the Red Sea, man, on the other side, God was like, Party for a week, you know what I'm saying? So for an entire week, man, they partied, and uh, she sounds
0: tiring. Yeah, it's no,
1: it's. Uh, I think we've completely lost it in our culture yeah. and in our evangelical subculture of uh, um, understanding so? theology. I don't know. I don't know if legalism's a part of that. I don't know if uh, uh, just a limited view of the gospel. Um, I don't know whether the moral police because that's one of that the down. caricatures
0: of Christians. Sure, is just the stodgy. Cold, yeah. you know, not really enjoying anything, just yeah. mundane. That's so sad to me because that definitely wasn't Jesus. Like his,
1: uh, <laughs> right. like when Jesus went to parties, parties got better. Yeah, like, his first miracle was changing, making the wine better at a party he was at. He made that so, better. Yeah, he, his accusations in Matthew eleven was like that guy's a drunkard and he's uh, gluttonous and he's hanging out partying too much with sinners. Like so, Jesus's street <laughs> reputation was yeah. the biggest party animal there was. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, so there was a strategy in that. I think there was a freedom in that. There was a... Um, he used part... Of the heavens described as a, basically a big party with the finest of wines and the the best cuts of meat and and that our future eternity is going to be, in some ways, a big, massive party to the glory of God, with God and His people, yeah. enjoying the best of foods.
0: So the summer... Uh, summer's a great time for partying, yep. right? And celebration yeah. and all that stuff. So I think a lot of times... Um, Uh, It could be just sort of natural inclination or the reaction of uh, church leadership to just kind of calm things down a little bit, kind of slow it down, Um, just assume everybody's going to be gone, that whole deal. Um, it, It sort of becomes not one of their... More emphasized seasons, but that's not the way that I've seen Fellowship do it.
1: No, we try to actually do the exact opposite of, of definitely recognize it's a unique season. So if you're going to kind of double helix this, I would say parties and celebrations also are seasonal, and there's marked seasons that help us, that God's designed us for certain rhythms, the way he's designed nature, that there's a unique fall, there's a unique winter, there's unique spring, unique summer. So in the midst of that, like how can we get in line with that, step into that, and go, hey, how can we mark moments, and how can we celebrate things, and remember God's goodness and kindness toward us, and enjoy each other. And so, yeah, for summer normally, traditionally, I would say for most churches, it's a foot off the gas pedal time. We, We just push a different kind of gas pedal. So we recognize our people are going to be in and out. I hope all of our people enjoy a change of pace, a change of season. I hope a lot of our people get to do vac- vacations and family reunions and college reunions and class reunions and uh, all those kinds of things. Uh, but as they're out and about, one of the reasons we give a t-shirts is we just go, let's acknowledge that, let's recognize that. When you are here, we're gonna have our services as normal but with pop-up parties after each one of them. So we uh, partner with and hire local vendors who have good things whether that's an ice cream cone or a meal that come to each of our outposts at every single service we do in the summer. We just have a big pop-up party afterwards and so you ask about the t-shirts over the next two weeks we'll give out a couple thousand t-shirts. We ask our people to wear those, take pictures of those, hashtag those FM summer and then we're able to share those on Sundays and uh, put a bunch of them in our office and just celebrate what our people get to do this summer whether it's in their backyard or at a famous joint here in uh, Memphis or yeah. whether it's on the Great Wall of China. And so uh, yeah. it's fun seeing our people in their shirts and having a picture of that.
0: That's amazing. Well, have you seen this done before? When did when did Fellowship start doing this? Yeah. Um, what's What was kind of our, the impetus for it? I haven't
1: seen it done before. We came up with it three years ago, driven by a need for our people to – be better connected. So we thought, man, what? How can we take advantage of the summer? And that when we came up, well, what if we did a party after the service? What well, we did a party after it, as a typical Fellowship Memphis leadership team brainstorm. It just it built off each other until we were like, yes, let's go local vendors. Let's go a party every service. Our people know they as they invite people when the, the weeks they're here. Uh, man, they want to. Not miss and be there and contribute to uh, the worship of God and the connection with each other. It's also a very easy thing to invite people to. Hey, man, we're going to have Uncle Lou's fried chicken tomorrow. You ought to come. You we're going to have yeah. uh, Scoops ice cream, whatever, whatever it may be. Jerry snow cones like that. We're going to do that Sunday and uh, celebrate
0: summer and, and celebrate what God's doing in us and among us. Yeah, I just I can't help but wonder why the church isn't known for celebration. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. Um, Robbie Zacharias, a noted. Uh, theologian, brilliant guy, made an interesting comment that stuck with me over 30 years ago. He said that uh, hospitality may be the leading apologetic of our day. Mm, Like whoever throws the best parties wins, has the most influence (laughs) with people. And and, and I think that's kind of played out. I've watched that play out over the last couple of decades that, and I would argue, especially in our (laughs) traditional day of screens and Everybody in their backyard, not their front porches. The shifts in our culture. That if you can um, connect, open your home, open your table, individually and as a church, invite people into your life and provide for them a great environment,
0: a great time. Uh, you're going to have a lot of influence with them. Yeah, I remember uh, this was back in November when the we did our first service the Levitt Shell. Well, my first. Yeah. Um, I remember people were walking. By asking what was going on, if there's some sort of music festival or something, and we would tell them it was Fellowship Memphis, and they were just completely shocked that a church would be essentially throwing a party. Yes, you know, Um, so it's just it's a weird cultural thing where people just assume that you know, church is supposed to act this certain way, and this is how the. You're supposed to act when you're at church, yeah. Rather than really understanding the theology of so. Yeah, and
1: that's that's really been our history. So I'll, I'll never forget not having much money at all in the bank as a church, as a five-year-old church and or four and a half year old. And our five-year church anniversary was coming up, and we just decided to blow it out and rented the top of the Peabody. <laughs> and Lecrae was a part of our body then, and his first album or second or third album had just come out, and so he was singing songs. We were had a DJ and had a literal a literal red carpet and. Photographers, and it was just <laughs> there were people from the other part of the Peabody coming to our party, like couldn't yeah. believe it and uh and we did that at ten years,, whoa, uh, whoa,
0: whoa. there was another party happening well, at there's Peabody.
1: The, the we were inside the room on the roof of the Peabody and there was a bunch of other folks on the outside, um, that just started coming in. They started crashing your party? they did. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, it was, it was a fun night and, uh, did it again on the 10th at another building downtown and uh, decided, man, so year and a half from now, 15th, Lord willing, anniversary of Fellowship (laughs) Memphis, we're going to have to outdo ourselves somehow. So how do you do that? I don't know. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do it on Shelby Farms Lake? Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, jet skis on the Mississippi or something. So, man, we, we got to do it. something. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I remember who was it? I think it was Ricky here at that time. Uh-huh. I think I've seen pictures of him. And Ricky has been known to cut a few moves. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so I was actually scrolling through some old video footage and found some of uh, Ricky that probably shouldn't go public uh, at any time soon.
1: Not hard to find pictures of Ricky dressed up or yeah. dancing. This so. <laughs> should not be made public, <laughs> just
0: in general. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for uh, again for coming on and, yeah. and giving us a few updates about what's going on in life yeah, of the church. Absolutely. And uh, I'm sure probably in about a month or so we'll have you on again. Let's do it. And uh, you know, give us an update on how things are going over the summer. Awesome. Thanks, uh, Thanks, man. Jimmy.